It's Friday evening, it's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing, that's right, it's Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty, two hours of sport from now till seven. I hope you uh, will stay with us and enjoy everything that we have uh, for you, uh, and we have a great lineup. and uh, I'll just tell, tell you what we have. We have, uh, starting off, as always, we have Premier League chat, then we'll have rugby with, uh, we'll have... Uh, the return of a rugby view with myself and Adrian Leddy will also have an interview myself and uh, Peter Bracken will be uh, talking about all things um, we'll be looking ahead to the World Cup we'll be looking ahead to the uh, the World Cup in uh, 2023 Rugby World Cup preview uh, we'll also be having uh, an interview with Drezan who is the captain at, um, at Clontarf um, at Clontarf Vikings Futsal Club, we'll have all that and much, much more, so stay tuned. Uh, I'd like to say well done and thanks very much to um, to Joe Bambrick for another great show, uh, for another great Feel, feel Good Friday and also another very interesting show from uh, from Louise McMahon there on uh, Echoes of Aaron. so well done there and thanks very much for a great show. And don't forget all the other great shows as well that we have every day, Monday to Friday from 9 o'clock on, right through until 7, Monday to Friday. So why not uh, support, the stu- support the station and uh, tune in. There's something for everyone and uh, don't forget uh, you can listen to us in many ways you can listen to us on the radio on FM 94.6 on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live and on the tune in app and don't forget we'd also love to hear from you if you have any opinions or if you want to give a shout out or uh, if you need uh, anything read out on the on the on the air why not uh, send in a text or a whatsapp message to 0838599748 that's 0838599748 and uh, so there you go so um, we'd la- and don't forget as well uh, GA View is every Thursday from 10 to 11 and uh, that's also podcasted and available on Spotify and uh, Mixcloud and uh, the show the, that show's podcast and also this show's podcast as well and will be available from Monday on the Ross FM website so uh, you'll be able to listen to it at your own convenience there so Martin, it, as always, some very interesting results, but uh, some very interesting fixtures. But uh, I suppose we we need to get down to uh, the brass the brass tacks of uh, who won the uh, who who won the predictions. It wasn't me anyway. I know that for a fact. Yeah, well, I'll I'll give you the scores first of all. Um, Nottingham Forest two, Sheffield United one, Fulham nil, Brentford three, Liverpool three, Bournemouth one. Wolves 1, Brighton 4, Tottenham 2, Man United 0, Man City 1, Newcastle 0, Aston Villa 4, Everton 0, West Ham 3, Chelsea 1, Crystal Palace 0, Arsenal 1. So Aiden, you didn't win the predictions. Oh dear. You only got 4 out of 9. Don't worry, there's a long season ahead, you know. And it's going to be a long season for you, yes. Yeah, um, it's going to be an even longer season <laughs> for everyone else because I'm going to hit everything out of, out of the ballpark, so I'll be all right. Sam. Uh, anyway, 4 out of 9. Uh, I got 6 out of 9 Dara got 6 out of 9 Ema got 6 out of 9 Noel got 6 out of 9 uh, Mary got 4 out of 9 that's Brian's mum and Brian was the winner with 7 out of 9 so it shows what happens when you go on holiday to Canada there you go so that's the predictions there just uh, a few other little items before we get into the uh, the predictions and uh, obviously last week the Women's World Cup final England nil, Spain won so I was a bit upset about that but uh, the best team won. But I think I thought, England. I, I, heard, you, I heard you crying. All right, uh, after yeah, that. Last I think they, they kind of didn't turn up. 
They didn't turn up till the second half, so... Um, but uh, there was an ironic thing there, like, you know, fair play to the England goalkeeper. She got golden boot, but she conceded a goal in the final. But, golden uh, gloves. Uh, the golden glove, yeah, the golden glove, yeah. Uh, so both, Yeah, you uh, could argue she could have, should have done better with the goal. But I, I think tactically they got it wrong at the first half, and... Uh, well, it, yeah, I think it's across the tournament, though. It's not just in the final, because the Spain keeper, the Spanish keeper did keep a clean sheet on the day, but it's not about the final, it's across, it's across the tournament. Of yeah, but see, Spain, the thing about Spain, they're, they're in turmoil leading into the World Cup, mm. because uh, there was this, I didn't realise, and it's it's amazing, really, but you nearly say that maybe their the name was on the cup, that uh, something like eight or nine players refused to play for the manager or something, and... Um, and when certain things happen or new uh, basically they were uh, when they wanted to go back they didn't take them back they kept with the the new team yeah and uh, just goes to show what can happen so it's not it's an amazing feat really because it's one team they didn't expect to do well at all and you've got to remember this this uh, Spain team lost to Japan 4-0 it just goes to show you doesn't it yeah so uh I, was a bit, I thought England would be good enough to win, but they weren't. Um, but there's definitely potential there. But I think it's a missed opportunity. The third and fourth place playoff, Australia nil, Sweden 2. So Australia didn't even get a medal out of it in the end. Uh, just a Europa Conference League qualifying playoff, first leg. is a close game, Hibs nil, Aston Villa 5. So God knows what the average score will be after the second leg. Just a, a few more details there on some... Bits of info from the last weekend. Brighton are top of the table for the first time. Uh, English top flight, so they've never been uh, a top flight before uh, after their 4 win, uh, four-one win at Wolves. Um, bit about Liverpool here. Kings of the Cop. Mohamed Salah scored his 187th goal for Liverpool, overtaking Steven Gerrard. Salah is now in the top five Liverpool goal scorers of all time. And you know what I'm going to ask you, Mr Liverpool man? Who's the other four above him? Oh, I'd say Ian Rush, anyway. Ian Rush is top of the pile, 346 goals. He'll do well to, to get near him. So <laughs> I suppose that, that was in two... I think he had two gigs at Liverpool, if I'm right. Yeah. Who's next? Uh, not John John Aldridge, no. No. Uh, well, let me see. Uh, Robbie Fowler. No, I don't think you'll get two of them. You would definitely want to go. Roger Hunt, right, two hundred eighty-five. Okay. Gordon Hodgson, two hundred forty-one, and a guy called Billy Billy Little, uh, two hundred twenty-eight. And it's got Aidan Raftery here in sixth place. Yeah, yeah, not bad. <laughs> You know, when you're good, you're good. Yeah, and the thing about Newcastle, well, Newcastle have lost each of their last 15 away games against City. It's the longest ever losing run against an opponent in the Premier League history, with their last away win against them at Main Road in 2000. So and here, here's, here's one for you, Mark. Now, all, all the goals that I scored were all scored in the cup end. Your own goals. I heard you were in goal. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Um, well, I was watching my call a fly goalkeeper, you know. So, we'll get on to the predictions, Aidan. Yep. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call out the other predictions and then I'm going to get yours. So, first up will be uh, Dara. He's going for Chelsea this evening against Luton. And then on Saturday, he's going for a Tottenham away win uh, at Bournemouth. He's going to Arsenal to beat Fulham at home. Brentford to beat Crystal Palace at home Everton at home as well uh, to beat Wolves 
Man United at home to beat Forest. He's going for Man United. Brighton at home to beat West Ham. And then on Sunday, he's going for a draw between Burnley and Aston Villa. He's going for a Man City away win at Sheffield. And the game he's actually going to, Newcastle v Liverpool, he's going for a Liverpool away win. But uh, I don't think he's too confident of that, though. Mm. Um, Ema Tolly is going for uh, Friday this evening. He's going, she's going for Chelsea to beat Luton. Uh, Saturday, Bournemouth and Tottenham to draw. Arsenal to beat Fulham. Brentford to beat Palace. Everton to lose at home to Wolves. Man United and Forest a draw. That's an interesting prediction. Uh, be a good one if it came through. Uh, Brighton uh, to beat West Ham. And then on Sunday, uh, Burnley to be beaten by Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa playing away. Sheffield United at home to lose to Man City. And Newcastle to beat Liverpool. So, that, be, well, be yeah, warned, be enough. warned, Aidan. Good yeah. happen, though. Newcastle, good team. Uh, I'm going for Chelsea this evening. Uh, then on Saturday, I'm going for Tottenham to beat uh, Bournemouth away. Arsenal have the home win over Fulham. Brentford, a home win over Palace. Everton, a home win over Wolves. Man United, a home win over Forest. Brighton, a home win over West Ham on Sunday. Villa to win away at Burnley. Man City to win away at Sheffield United and Newcastle, Liverpool. I'm gonna go for a draw. There you go. And then Noel, uh, who's a Man United fan, is going for Chelsea to beat Luton this evening, uh, Tottenham to beat Bournemouth away, Arsenal to beat Fulham at home, Brentford to beat uh, Palace. Uh, Everton playing at home to beat Wolves. Man United to beat Forest at Old Trafford. Uh, Brian at home to beat West Ham. And on Sunday, Villa to have an away win at Burnley. Man City an away win at Sheffield. And he's going for Liverpool away win on Sunday. And Brian, who won the predictions last week, uh, is going for Chelsea this evening. Tottenham away win. Arsenal home win. Brentford home win. Everton home win. Man United home win. Brian home win. Getting the theme here. Aston Villa away win over Burnley Man City away win over Sheffield and Newcastle to beat Liverpool could well happen we're going against the Liverpool (laughs) Aidan's got your number he's going to be after you (laughs) Uh, Brian's mother Mary is going for Chelsea to win at home Tottenham to win away at Bournemouth Arsenal to win at home against Fulham Brentford Crystal Palace a draw Everton Wolves a draw Man United to beat Forest Brighton to be beaten uh, at home by West Ham uh, Aston Villa to win at Burnley, Man City to win at Sheffield United, and Newcastle v Liverpool draw. So the big game, obviously, Aiden is the Newcastle one. But before we get carried away with a bit of chat about the big game, what is your predictions? Okay. I'll call out the games too. Yet yeah? you're under pressure, mate. Now, uh, pressure. Uh, by the way, now that the, the score line is one all between you and me, right? And uh, here we go. So. Uh, Aiden, Chelsea, Luton. Got to go for Chelsea. Now on Saturday, Bournemouth, Tottenham. Tottenham. Arsenal, Fulham. Uh, Arsenal. Brentford v Palace. Just, I'm going to go for a draw. I have a slight fancy for uh, for Brentford, but I'm going to call it a draw. Everton, your favourite team. <laughs> of course. Against Wolves. Both teams on zero Ooh. points. Both lost their opening games. I'm going to go for Wolves. Oh my god. You can tell he's a Liverpool fan. <laughs> Man United uh, against Forest. 
who playing first? Man United. Man United. Uh, Remember that team, Man United. You've heard of them. I think they are. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. They 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 lost to uh, they lost to to uh, Burnley and are friendly behind. We're in, the bomb, or, we're uh, in the bomb half of the table at the moment. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Ooh, I don't know, buddy. Messing. Um, I'm going to go for. Uh, I'm going to go for a Man United win. I oh, no, no, sorry, I'd change that. I'd draw. I tr- <laughs> <laughs> Brighton, Brighton, who's top of the table on six points against West Ham, who are seventh on four points. Yeah, I'm going to go for. Uh, I'm going to go for Brighton. Then on Sunday we've got Burnley, who's bottom of the table. We've only played one game. Against Aston Villa, who's played two games on three points, who are ninth. Burnley v Aston Villa. Burnley v Aston Villa. Uh, Going to go for a draw. Oh, I'm surprised at some of these predictions. Oh, I'm sure. There you go. Sheffield United, zero points after two games, are playing the champions Man City, who are on second in six points. Uh, Going for Man City. And now the big one. This is it. Newcastle. Uh, eighth at the moment on three points uh, against Liverpool, who are fifth on four points. Newcastle, Liverpool. My heart says Liverpool, but I'm actually going to go for a draw. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can't get over these predictions of yours. Well, there you so, go. So, I mean, uh, so what makes you think a draw? I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, well, first of, first of all, apparently they won against Gateshead in a pre-season friendly you know that, that has, I don't know well, someone uh, fr- who's head <laughs> gets head I don't know um, no I just think they've got something about them they made some good signings didn't they and um, they've got a strong they squad the, now haven't they yeah they have a really good squad now I mean even last year though they gave, they gave Liver- you know they gave Liverpool a, a game they, are, they, they always have been uh, Liverpool have always found them tough to play um, my, my, I, I hope Liverpool win it but I, I think um you know, in, fa- in fairness to Newcastle, I think they have good quality. I think this could be a draw. Um, not not totally convinced by Liverpool uh, at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, uh, obviously they, they had a good win. They had a good win against Bournemouth uh, last weekend. But then when you look at the Chelsea game, you know, uh, I think maybe you know the need to address maybe kind of maybe having a hold of midfielder. Um, but I, yeah, that that's that's kind of why I'm I'm going for a draw. But you never know. This could be the this could be the the game where where Liverpool switch it on and and uh, start playing well. And I hope that's the case. But I'm going for a draw. It's a tough game. There's no it doubt. It is about a tough it. game. I don't think any team is gonna they're gonna have a tough battle all season like they did last season as well. Mm. They had a very good home record. Um, yeah, I I, I think that's, I'm going for a draw as well. So that's. Uh, I can't uh, disagree with what you're saying there. What, what do you think of the Tottenham-Man United game? Tottenham 2, Man United 0. I mean, Man United seem to be... Yeah, it's... it's Where are they? This isn't like... You know... Uh, it, it's it's hard to know, really. Um, you know, the body language of the players. You know, what is, what is it? This isn't like mm. the Man, Man United of old... Um, and you, could, and you could argue a bigger shock was West Ham three Chelsea one. Yeah, that that's it. You know, but it's early in the season. Player um, teams are still kind of getting into their stride for the first couple of games. And like we said, we said that uh, at the predictions for the for the first game, that you know it'll probably we probably be better able to judge after a couple of games. Mm. And it is kind of getting getting there. You know, you need the first couple of games to see what the form is like before you can kind of see a, a, cl- a clear picture. Yeah. 
Well, Aidan, that's uh, really it for the predictions. That's it. Well, listen, thanks very much, uh, Martin, for uh, for doing the predictions. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully, uh, yeah, some, some very interesting ones there. And if, if anyone has any opinions on our, on our predictions or if you'd like to um, if you'd like to give us your predictions or if you have any opinions on them, why not uh, send them in in, in text or um, WhatsApp message to 0838599748. That is 0838599748. And next up, yes, we have the... We we have the return of uh, of a rugby view of myself and Adrian Leddy, and that's coming up after this. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're very welcome to this. Yes, the very first of the season. It is a rugby view with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and of course, as always, we have Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club. Hello, uh, hello. Um, how's it, how's it going there, Adrian? Uh, great, Aidan, and it's good to be back. Good to be back for a new season, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a there's a lot, a lot happening, a lot happening uh, club-wise uh, within Craig's, and we'll be coming into our 50th anniversary year uh, in 2024 as part of the season, and also at college level, uh, at youth and uh, senior level, and also going into a, a World Cup uh, season as well, starting starting off now in, in September uh, with the World Cup. So. It'll be an exciting time for September, October uh, for for rugby. And I suppose we, we'll uh, kick off the show like you were just saying off air there uh, for the McCormick family on the passing of Mick, obviously a great photographer and a great man, a very popular uh, figure around the county, uh, been at a lot of games of various sports, I suppose, GA, and as you just said, as uh, Craig's GA, a, a, a man with a great eye for a photo at, at various, all different matches. Um, so uh, we want to pay tribute to him well, and also uh, Mrs. Daly as well, who passed away, so to his, her husband and, of course, Martin as well, who is, uh, they're, 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 they all contribute to sport in some level, in some way um, in Roscommon, don't they? Absolutely, you know, and uh, uh, Mick uh, Mick McCormick was a great friend from to everybody. Uh, he he was, you know, so generous uh, with his time. Uh, he 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 always uh, was in great spirits, uh, no matter what when you would meet him, uh, whether you would meet him uh, out socially, whether you would meet him at a match, whether you would meet him at a an IFA meeting or at a, a rugby match or so on. So I, I came into contact with him uh, through, through work and through sport, uh, being involved with the Irish Farmers Association and, and with rugby. And Mick was always very obliging to, to cover any event that you'd want. And he was just one of these uh, lovable uh, characters. You just, uh, you know, he he he, 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 had, he had lift yourself um, in his company because he, he, he was... Just by energy levels and that there, he just, uh, you know, you'd be laughing away there with some of his uh, jokes and tales and everything. And of course, uh, you know, having been a, a, a Sydney's past past pupil uh, like myself, uh, we had a lot in common and that there in relation to Balladrine as well. So, you know. Uh, and naturally, I spent a good bit of my time uh, IFA-wise around Balladrine, and particularly when we had the, the the fire in the factory in Balladrine and different events that we had had down there over the years. And 
you know, just uh, I was so sad when the news broke that um, that Mick, Mick had passed away. And, you know, we'll all miss him. We'll all miss him uh, around. And definitely uh, we'll miss him uh, along the line at a lot of uh, various matches. And, and you know, uh, to all the McCormick family, uh, you know, I'd like to pass on uh, a vote of sympathy from our, our club in Craig's and, you know, to all the to, to people that will that will miss Mick, Mick uh, uh, around Roscommon. Um, we also uh, last uh, Sunday uh, we uh, Madeline Daly uh, we had her funeral in in Ballygar and uh, as a as a great Craig's person we had a great guard of honour for uh, for Madeline and you know Madeline and the Daly family. Uh, are really part of the the fabric and structure of Craig's Rugby Club. They have been involved from the from the very first day, and they they were part of putting the structure to together. And you know, great credit to both herself and and her late husband Joe for the amount of time and effort that they put into our club. And Joe was probably the longest uh, serving uh, president of of Craig's. And he also served as president of uh, Connacht Rugby, and he was the the, the president that uh, marched. Uh, he was president of Connacht at the time that we marched to uh, Lansdowne Road to fight for the for for Connacht Rugby to keep to keep Connacht Rugby when they they tried uh, to to do away with us as a, a province in rugby. And you know, it, it like Joe's f- fight for for Connacht. And having kind of showed the importance and how stupid it was at the particular time to try and get rid of Connacht when you've seen four players from Connacht on the international team uh, last Saturday against England. And, you know, there there's the fruits of uh, having another province and having, having Connacht uh, there. So I'm glad to say that we that we have got the support uh, of, of, uh, of IRFU and of uh, their as a result of the Daly family. And again, um, Madeline and herself was so popular as a doctor within the local community. She done a lot of great uh, community work. And I can tell you, when you were playing, you could always hear her voice very clearly along the sideline and that there, uh, roaring, roaring, you on, roaring you on. Um, they had a sad uh, passing of their son, uh, Luke, in 2010. Luke was a great player with, with Craig's and you know, we we were all very sad at the time to to lose Luke, Luke and the Daly family uh, put up uh, a trophy in that there in in his honour, which we play at the uh, Craig's Golf Outing uh, every year, and that will always remember there for the, for for Luke and for the Daly family that we the, the closeness that we have uh, between the the club and the Daly family, and I would like to pass on our sympathies uh, again from the the club to all the Daly family. That's it, and I'd like to extend that as well. Uh, I, I knew Mick, uh, I knew Mick uh, McCormack as well. I haven't met him at, at matches and things like that, uh, both soccer, for soccer, obviously, for the club and with, uh, but also at GA matches when I was, you know, with the Civil Defence and 
whether it was there as a personal capacity and, you know, just meeting him out and about, he, he was a lovely guy. And of course, uh, with regards to the dailies then, uh, I knew Martin as well through being at games as well, a, a lovely man. And he's always, uh, he's always very pleasant and very nice to talk to. So, uh, I'd like to extend on behalf of myself and of course everyone here at Ross FM, we'd like to extend our sympathy, uh, to the, the families of, uh, both the, the McCormick families and the, uh, dailies. So, uh, I suppose, like we just said there, um, Adrian, you know, it, even though it has been uh, pre-season, there's still been a lot of uh, a lot going on for for Craig's rugby, as you said, preparations for the 50th anniversary and uh, various other things, and of course, pre-season training, and uh, you know, as well as that, we, we we as we always do, kicking off with the the mini the mini rugby as well in the club. Yeah, well, mini, mini rugby uh, uh, hasn't started out yet. Uh, we have we wait until the. The, the young boys and girls go back to school and uh, it will be early in September we'll uh, get uh, mini, mini rugby up and running again but needless to say uh, we we have uh, had meetings uh, there were football meetings during the week and uh, in preparation for it and putting all the coaches in, in place uh, for, for mini rugby and for youth rugby and you know again we it's another year that we We'll, we'll look forward to building on the success of uh, mini rugby over the last number of years. And there'll be various uh, content events for uh, mini rugby as well uh, and various splits uh, within Craig's on You know that we're able to host uh, on the, with the four pitches, we're able to host, uh, uh, say, up to nearly 400 uh, children now at, at the present time uh, within the club. And Definitely, when we get our new facilities, they're coming nearer and nearer uh, in. And like this week alone, uh, we have the contractors in putting down the term academy and getting all the car parking uh, ready. So, like that will, you know, um, it make the place look more like a, a, a rugby site than a building site. So, uh, you know, to to uh, give the appearance of the place. Uh, 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 a great uplift and great to see new new term academy and that they're going down uh, uh, this week within the club. That's it, and it, it's great to see that. And of course, uh, I suppose for the adult teams and indeed the underage teams as well, uh, pre-season preparations. Obviously, you were just saying there that uh, you know you've elected that you, you have all the the coaches that the, for the different teams have been selected now, and uh, of course the um, the uh, pre-season training will be starting soon or has started, I suppose, in some cases, I suppose, more so, more so for, uh, yeah. at the adult level, I suppose. It has started for all the youths uh, at youth level for both boys and girls uh, for the last number of weeks. And, uh, you know, it's a busy place already uh, with the number of, of training uh, nights that's going on there. And, and also our seniors, our first team and second team, are out out training as well. So you know, again, in preparation uh, for the the, the uh, first match, which is um, this Saturday, uh, away to uh, Ballinrobe. Now Ballinrobe is a uh, again is a team uh, that has uh, come up into uh, our division in the league uh, the, this year. They, they had a very successful uh, league campaign uh, last season. They're a club that that, that are building um, a, a good team. They ran uh, Craig's extremely close 
in uh, in 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 the league last last season in the semi final. So we we have to, to to you know to take them as you know a team uh, freshly up, wanting to to have a, a right go at the league champions, uh, Craig's. And this is the the first round of the Carly Cup on 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 Saturday, and it's a it's a tournament that Craig's probably will be without a lot of maybe the the top Gaelic uh, players that they are, they are now involved in the local championships both in in Roscommon and Galway, and we'll have to make good with a mixture of probably first and seconds uh, going down to Ballinrobe on on Saturday. And uh, that, that that's great to see as well. And, uh, you know, I suppose, um, you know, we were just mentioning there at the start there, the, the great contribution that uh, uh, players from Craig's, both boys and girls, uh, are making to Connacht and with all the blitzes and everything. But, I, I like, I've been reading in the papers over the last few weeks there, the contribution that the girls are making. There have been uh, various girls and that at the different levels have been selected to train and indeed play with, uh, play with Connacht rugby uh, in various teams. Which is great. Yes, absolutely. You know, between under 16s, under 18s, uh, last week uh, uh, down in Munster, we had six players on on the panel uh, that uh, that was with 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 Connacht, uh, from from Craig's, and that alone that uh, Sierra Purcell uh, from Craig's was the captain, uh, daughter of Dave Purcell, the uh, the incoming pre- uh, the current president of the of the club and uh, you know it's a great uh, honor and tribute uh, to to Sarah uh, and to the club uh, to to have Sarah as as captain of the team but to have uh, six people uh, six players and getting them onto the team uh, last weekend against uh, against Munster and getting another under 18s uh, win down there in Cork you know it's no fair achievement and you know, it's, um, they, they, um, they, they had a very successful uh, year uh, last season at under-18 level and it's just shown that they, this is coming true and that their players are now being selected uh, by the province. And uh, we we wish them well. We have a, we have the, the play again uh, this weekend, uh, this Saturday uh, in Corinthians at 12 o'clock uh, against, uh, um, against Ulster. Uh, again, Ulster uh, will be no easy task either, and you know we'll be uh, ho- hoping that um, the under 18s uh, will will continue the the way that they that they're playing, and then the seniors uh, later on in the afternoon will take on Munster in the in the sports ground, and uh, uh, again uh, we'll have probably one or two players in the, in the panel for the senior side as well so you know all, all is good there um Aiden, and the the women, the women are showing showing us the way in the, in, in the club at the at the present time and it shows the the work that is going in by the the coaches within the club uh, and the effort that is made in in women's rugby um and we already uh, are hoping, and we have entered actually a team in uh, for the. Uh, uh, there's going to be blitzes at the beginning of the season, and we have entered a senior team uh, this year um, oh, for for the, the yeah for the for uh, Craig's. So we see how that goes. Uh, some of the under 18s that have played over the last season have have gone uh, beyond that age group now, and we try and. Uh, Gather up as many players as we can, and any 
anybody um, that you know in the in the catchment area and uh, even from uh, Buccaneers and Banisloe and all that they're very they're they're very welcome uh, to uh, join Craig's and to have maybe you know have a full senior team or that there and to be great for the club again. Uh, we we had a very successful team in the past uh, where we had our Ireland honours um, with with the women uh, senior side and to be great to get back up there again uh, in and it just shows all the work that is done uh, now at at youth level by the coaches to bring them that far. That's it, and I'd just like to echo the point there you, you mentioned about uh, Dave David Purcell uh, uh, the, is being the incoming president. I'd just like to to wish him all the best in his new position as well, and uh, you know all the great all the great and hard work that goes on by all the coaches and and the committee, and of course the president, the chairman, everyone, and all the sponsors. Like we always say every year and every week, uh, they deserve great praise, and that's what drives on the success of the success of the club. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Without without all the support that we get, uh, the support at games, the support from the parents, the support from the local community, support from uh, from all our sponsors uh, to the the lotto on a weekly basis. You know, it's it, it's all helping to keep the, the the club the club going. And you know, we we are fortunate that we we have uh, such great committed people. Uh, running the club, and and then that we uh, that that has seen there by by our supporters to uh, contribute to, to the club as well. I say then, uh, just I, I'd like to mention there at the start there, um, just I think it was after the season had finished there. Um, in early June or that uh, when we stopped uh, doing this uh, for the summer there was actually um, up in Dublin there was the All-Ireland Inclusion Tag Rugby and that, that tournament that was held in the IRFU Centre of Excellence in uh, in Abbottstown and uh, I was honoured enough to be one of the physios there and uh, just just to see the facilities up there, and just to see people of all levels and all abilities taking part in ta- tag rugby, and would you believe? I, I even took part myself in one of the games, and and I found it a uh, found it great fun, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the day. It was a great day. Um, obviously Niall Quinn uh, got me involved in that, so I'd like to thank him, and he he gets me all the uh, you know people to interview as well, and that that was a great day. It was a really enjoyable day, and of course another enjoyable day was the um, the mixed ability rugby tournament, which was on in Buccaneers Rugby Club in, in early <laughs> June as well. And uh, you know that was very well run, and uh, obviously a mixture of all abilities was playing. And uh, I was physio for the um, for the uh, for the Buc- Buccaneers actually, and the we bet so the bet the Sunday as well in the final. So, but it was a great day out, a damp damp uh, a damp day, but uh, it didn't dampen the spirits of, of the teams. It was a great day out for the referees and for the players and and coaches and all that. And, of course, it was great crack afterwards. And, of course, Peter Bracken, like we said off air, he was there as well. So it was great. Uh, it was a great day for uh, for all. And I suppose that takes us on nicely to, um, I suppose, our AIL clubs then, uh, like with Buccaneers, um, Carrick, Carrick Rugby Club and, indeed, Sligo. Yeah, well, you know, again, they won final until they're up and rolling both Buccaneers and Sligo in the AIL again this season. So they're they're preparing strongly uh, uh, for for the AIL uh, this season. Buccaneers uh, were, were disappointed themselves um, with the way the, the season ended for them last season, that they fell away at the 
at the very end of the season, um, they were at one stage looking very much to, that they were going for promotion again, but unfortunately, uh, they, it didn't it didn't fall their way. So um, they'd be hoping to to improve and uh, on on that performance last year. Sligo uh, ended up uh, mid table again, a very successful. Uh, season from Sligo and talking to the Sligo mentors, they were very happy with their season and they're happy enough to uh, stay in the division that they're in uh, at the at the present time. So, uh, yeah, as as we speak, at the you know before the IL, there's the warm up competition with the with the Connacht League and these teams are are all all featuring in the in the Connacht League at the present time. So uh, that is. Um, that that is going to be a big help for them going into the AIL to have these couple of games on under their belt and you know as I say uh, that's the, the for the senior teams Carrick and Shannon yeah Carrick and Shannon as as you see the, uh, there's great enthusiasm there in Carrick and Shannon with the 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 other uh, thing that we had was the 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 run around of the various uh, national trophies of the. Of the Six Nations, um, uh, of the uh, and of the Triple Crown trophies, and they they visited all the various clubs, and they were in Craig's or in Carrick. But you know, it's a great great enthusiasm shown in the, in clubs around the province, and Carrick and Shannon was one that got out a huge turnout of of of, of young people and that there within the club, and they uh, you know are, are striving to. Uh, to improve their facilities and, and all there, so they're you know they're they're a club that uh, are on on the periphery of of the province, but God at the same time they they don't lack enthusiasm for keeping keeping the club going. That's it, and it's great to see that. And I suppose no more than yourselves. Like when you started off years ago with the warm pitch, and to see to see how how uh, Craig's Rugby Club has evolved. Uh, nowadays, with all the great facilities they have, and I'm sure that'll that'll be uh, that'll be Carrick that'll be Carrick Rugby Club as well. I've seen uh, some of their plans and the the drawings that they had up on their uh, their pages as well. And uh, there's, it, it's you know their their plans are very ambitious and quite rightly so. And well done, I'd like to say well done to Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen them myself. I have been. Been been working along with with uh, some of their officers on it and uh, helping them out the best I can and you know uh, have a, a a close as you know have a close affinity with with Carrick and Shannon being from up the road in 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 Anadoff and Leitrim and um, you know it's it's uh, I I do like to see them uh, uh, progressing and having their own facilities and their their own ground and. You know, yeah, yeah, they you have to start from small beginnings, and that's what they have done, and they're 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 continuing to develop that. You know, that's it, and that's great. And we we move on now to Connacht, I suppose. Obviously, it's still pre-season and that, and maybe the, you know the first team are still doing their preparations and pre-season training. But like like you just said, they're they're on at underage level. Um, you know, with the various teams, there's a there's a lot of activity going on there. Yeah, there's a huge amount of activity going on uh, uh, in both uh, both with with boys and girls, uh, uh, in between under 16s, under 17s, under 18 level. 
different different squads, different you know competitions, different interprovincials, and that they're taking place. You know, yeah, they're every week uh, uh, for the last number of weeks. There, there's something something on, and uh, uh, it's you know it's great to see it, um, and it's given a great opportunity for young boys and girls within clubs uh, to play at a higher level within their province and. You know the province is making every effort to to give uh, people that has the potential uh, that opportunity. And uh, needless to say, maybe some of them will go on to further than Connacht to to, rep- to represent the, the province at at national level. And you know it's great to see um, uh, our uh, national team with so many Connacht players, and that that's only born out of the great work that is done at grassroots level around the, the clubs within Connacht. And I suppose really, uh, you, you know, talking about Connacht, I mean, the, the way it just goes to show you when, when you have a well-oiled machine like in Connacht Rugby, and not just Connacht Rugby, I'd have to mention Ulster, Munster and uh, Leinster as well in that. But, uh, I mean, when you have a well-oiled machine, when it's well-run, good structure, uh, good, sta- good good coaching uh you know, good coaches and everything, and everyone known, you know, working as a team. It just goes to show you what, um, you know, what can be achieved. And look at when, when we see the way uh, how Ireland are playing at the moment. That just goes to show you what happens when 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 everyone works as a team. Yeah, and it showed it showed uh, during the the summer there uh, in in uh, down in New Zealand uh, when. When Ireland uh, on their twenties uh, qualified for the the final against uh, France, uh, came up against a very uh, strong professional French side, and uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's fantastic to see the you know uh, the under twenties how they performed uh, through throughout the uh, the World Championship, and you know it's great to see another twenty squad and and the number of players that will probably come through from that. Um, into the provinces uh, and will maybe feature at, at international level at senior level as well. So you know that we have seen a number of under twenties in the past um, co- coming through and getting that exposure uh, at that level is is fantastic for these young guys. And of course, like you, you know, we've seen uh, Ireland are, are preparing. We've seen in the last four or five weeks, uh, you know, since since the players have gone in, as you said, like Bundyaki, um, you know, and and other players there in, in Connacht, four, four players that are in Connacht and all that. Um, but you know, when when you see them all together, and a number of the under twenties and kind of future players uh, as well that that have joined the squad for for training, and who knows, you never know, uh, but. Uh, Andy Farrell is thinking either, but uh, you know, I suppose really Crowley Crowley um, played very well in the in the number ten position. Um, you know, Ross Byrne is doing well. Obviously, Johnny Sexton will be back uh, for the squad as well. Um, you know, there's a lot a lot of options in a lot in in every position, which is great to see because I suppose maybe not until the I suppose the last couple of um, the last couple of years. We haven't we've we haven't had uh, this abundance of players or this abundance of options in each position. Yeah, well, if you're going into a World Cup, uh, in you need to have strength and depth. And Andy Farrell is preparing for this for the last four years in order to make sure that he has enough of the strength and depth in in in, in all positions. 
And, you know, you will have injuries. And we have had uh, a number of injuries already in the warm-up games. And, you know, Jack Sheehan this, now will uh, be, um, hopefully he'll be, he'll Dan, be okay. Dan, Dan Sheehan would be a major loss had, uh, you know, had, had, he, had he been knocked out of the World Cup. But uh, the news from the medical team is that um, that he should be okay for, maybe not for the, the preliminary games, but that he will be, that he will be fine for maybe uh, when this uh, South African game comes around. And Dan Sheehan is an explosive type of player. He has really made that position as hooker. He is uh, since he since he has come on the on on the scene, and it, it would it would it would be a huge loss to Ireland and to their ambitions if if he was to lose out. But you know, it is great to uh, to be in. Uh, uh, the Aviva Stadium uh, last Saturday, uh, and to see the Irish team the way they performed against England, to see the atmosphere that was there, to witness that atmosphere, uh, particularly the reception that uh, Keith Darrells and that there got coming onto the pitch when he scored his try. Um, I never seen the at a stadium to erupt as much for an individual as they did for for uh, for Keith and. No, you know, better man that uh, deserves it because the family, the Darren's family, his father, and all as 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 steeped in rugby, he has given Ireland a and Munster huge commitment in that all, all, over over the years. And you know, for 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 us uh, from Connacht, we were delighted uh, to see uh, four Connacht players involved in, um, in 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 the win over England and. You know that, that proved the point uh, of how important, as I said earlier, uh, of having Connacht uh, to to have players uh, ready uh, to win to the to Connacht side. You know and that's 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 so important to have the spread of players all over the four provinces and and the professionalism that we have there now. And of course, another guy that has been very, very impressive getting man of the match after man of the match award is Mac Hansen. He's been playing really great stuff for Ireland as well, hasn't he? And at club level, obviously. You know, the, the stadium <laughs> nearly nearly explodes every time he gets the ball. Uh, you yeah. know, it's just the excitement, the excitement uh, that when Mac Hansen has gets his hands on the ball because I'm not sure he knows what he's doing himself because uh, none of his teammates or nobody else in the crowd nearly knows what he's going to do but he's he's just so so exciting he's such a good player uh the uh four kicked all high balls and that there down to him last hour and he fielded every one of them and he came came back stronger and stronger uh, against the uh, english side and set up other players and you know he he he, he took his tries exceptionally well and Bundyaki's uh, pass to Keith Ernst for that try was was absolutely wonderful as well, and you know that's that's what you need. You know, you just need the uh, players, exciting players uh, like that. And Andy Farrell seems to have got the best out of uh, uh, players like Hansen and Lowe and uh, Bundyaki, and you know, exciting players there that he has he has allowed them to use their own individual skills and and yeah uh, to, to to for the betterment of the team. And that's it's, it's great to see, and I think they're they're really buying into buying into it. And uh, I, I think um, this is kind of 
not being disingenuous to, to previous World Cup squads uh, for Ireland that travelled to, but this this seems to be the best prepared team to go to a World Cup for Ireland in a, in a good while, isn't it? Like, as in, it just seems to have everything on the list seems to be ticked off that's required that you need to be successful to really compete and get get anywhere near a final. These are, the, you know, it's, everything seems to be nailed uh, nailed down and uh, go, going into this. And I mean, when, when you look at the, um, I suppose, at the Italy game, we were kind of hoping for a better performance, but it wasn't about the the performance. It was more about it was more about uh, giving lads game time against Italy, and then it was a more experienced team then against England in in the Aviva, and uh, I think they've one more friendly. I think against uh, Samoa as well before they play yeah, before they play Romania in, in their first group game. They're playing Samoa uh, this Saturday uh, Saturday evening in 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 France and. Uh, uh, Andy Farrell has made 12 changes uh, within the, the team. And uh, as you said, the great uh, Mark Hansen has, is, is playing on, on the team as well. So, uh, again, uh, Phil and Beal and uh, uh, the other kind of player that's in the team as well. Um, you know, Phil uh, 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 has done exceptionally well, proper, when he, when he has come in. And... Uh, um, he's, he's taken his opportunities extremely well and uh, you know hopefully that we can get over this warm-up game this last warm-up game without any further injuries uh, I think that's always a worry uh, to the coach and team and then um, I'd say after the weekend probably on Monday um, the uh, Andy Farrell will announce his uh, final 33 uh, squad for 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 the World Cup. So that will, uh, you know, people will be will be watching out for that, and a lot of players that's on the borderline will be wondering whether they'll be in or out. So uh, again, it's like uh, a lot of youngsters uh, uh, looking for the leaving search results, so that there uh-huh. that they that they. they Players will be just excited to see whether they're in in the team as well. So that's uh, you know something to look forward, something for the spectators to, to yeah, take a major interest in. And we're all we're all looking forward to to a great a great month in September and October. Uh, that's right. And I suppose will you be going to any of the games yourself um, in the World Cup? Um, in- yeah, I, yeah, I I intend to travel to France for a number of the games uh, uh, in so. Yeah, you know, all all going well, health going well, and all. Um, I'll be on that. I'll be on that plane out to France uh, for 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 some of the bigger games. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And just to let the listeners know as well about uh, our fifty fifty draw this weekend. Obviously, the uh, the, the Ross FM uh, uh, mobile broadcasting unit was out and about. They were at the uh, the vintage rally in uh, Stroke Town and uh, they sold an awful lot of tickets so there's uh, great money up for grabs the draw is uh, is this afternoon or was to, will be on as well so if you if you want to win uh, why not get your why not get your your ticket now and uh, you know you you could be in and it wouldn't be a nice way wouldn't it be a nice way to go into the weekend Adrian <laughs> Absolutely, to help you, to help towards uh, the the fair to the World Cup. So, but yeah, <laughs> that's definitely for sure. So, listen, thanks very much, Adrian, for taking the time out. It's great to have you back again, and uh, hopefully, it'll be another good season ahead. No bother, Aidan. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was Adrian Leddy from Craig's Rugby Club talking about all things rugby. All things rugby.
Hello everyone, how you doing? You're very welcome to this week's GA View with myself, Aidan Raffi. And of course, the show is as always kindly sponsored by Kilbride's uh, Community Centre and Village Shop. And uh, of course, to talk about all things GA, we have, uh, as always, we have Seamus Duke. Hello Seamus, how are you? How are you, Aidan? Not too bad, no, not too bad. Good to have you on board. And uh, of course, as we start, as we do every day, every week, we uh, we start off by mentioning the 50-50 draw, and that's this Friday. It is this Friday, and there's going to be a great prize this Friday, and I'll tell you why. We were out on a boat at the weekend in Strokestown, and uh, in fairness to Martina Dockery and a couple of more that were with her, uh, they made a few great sales, and uh, we have a big boost up this week. And I can tell people out there, uh, get your envelopes, because there's going to be a lovely prize this week, uh, a good bit more than usual, and we're thrilled with that. As, as I said, a lot of it could be you, but you have exactly. to be in. You have to be yeah. in if you want to win, and yeah. uh, that that's great. And uh, of course, it's a huge help to the running costs of that's the it. show as well. Yeah, that's and it. Uh, yeah, it was a shame about the, the agricultural show. It was it, it was cancelled as well. It was, it was, it was. But uh, anybody who was around on Friday night, or if you heard the rain pounding on the roof or on the window on Friday night. The whole place was flooded on Saturday. Actually, yeah. it wasn't a bad day on Saturday, but uh, the whole uh, field where uh, you know was flooded, and you just couldn't have people walking in and out. Uh, it was all flooded. So, uh, thankfully, they have reset that for the 16th of September, and hopefully, they'll have a nice day of weather that day. That's it, and uh, hopefully, it will, and everyone will be uh, will have a great time. And uh, I'm sure you'll be. Uh You'll be rescheduled. Uh, Ross FM will be yeah, out. Yeah, Ross FM will be out that day and we'll be uh, out and about to meet the people. It's something that we intend to do a good bit more uh, in the coming months. That's great. And, uh, of course, it's something everyone will be looking forward to. And I suppose to kick off the show as well, um, yeah, the passing of a great photographer and a lovely man, Mick McCormack. Yeah, a great Bush, friend of mine. Uh, a great friend of mine over the years. He, he, he did a lot of uh, stuff for me. Uh, just personally, uh, to get that out of the way first, he, he uh, told me when he heard I was writing a book uh, that he would, uh, any photographs that he had, he said, I'll give them to you, there's no cost or anything like that, which was lovely. And uh, also, uh, you know, he came down especially from Balhadrine to take the photographs for the cover. Uh, he wouldn't hear or tell of any payment or anything like that. Anytime I rang him over the years to ask him for photographs or anything like that, there was never any problem. And apart from that, he was just what a character. He was just an infectious character. He loved Balahadrine. He loved living in Balahadrine. He loved the crack in Balahadrine. And he loved the banter between Roscommon and Mayo. And any time Roscommon beat Mayo, which wasn't that often over the years, but boy, did Mick get a kick out of that. And he gave the Mayo's plenty of, of stick down there in, in Balahadrine any time Roscommon won. So he was a fantastic character. If you saw the crowd of people that was down there, uh, there for his removal the other night. It was just unbelievable. It was one of the biggest funerals ever seen in Balahadrine. There was thousands of people there and, uh, you know, um, he died, you know, way before his time. He was only in his 50s, a young man. So uh, all I, I can do is uh, wish his family uh, the deepest sympathy, extend our deepest sympathy to their family uh, and friends of me. He has loads of friends in Balahadrine. And uh, really, a yes, Gareva, Anna. There won't be another one like Mick McCormack, I can tell you. Definitely not. A, 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 definitely a legend of, in uh, yeah. Roundhouse But I, I suppose really, as well as that, like I would have seen him and met him and spoke to him, a, lo- a lovely guy, like you said, and saw him at many a match as well. Yeah. And I think you know I've seen uh, I think on the uh, on this week's Herald there was uh, one or two photos or 
even on Facebook of uh, photos he, and he had some really iconic photos over the years at matches. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, he was very proud of a number of his photographs, particularly in GEA. He took a great photograph of Jerry Lohan scoring the winning goal in 2001. It was on the money. He scored another brilliant photograph of Finton Craig kicking the winning point against Mayo back there a few years ago when they won by a point and Finton Craig kicked the winning point in injury time and he had it there. A brilliant photograph. You look at it, it's fantastic. So Mick, he was a character. He was a great storyteller but he was a very good photographer too. And of course, uh, you know, that, that that's the cornerstone of being a photographer, a, a good photographer is knowing what makes a good co- a, a, a good uh, photo, but also having a good eye for a photo as yeah, well, even he if he was out a, and about. Yeah, he was a great eye for a photo. And even apart from uh, photographing the matches, he used to love to photograph the fans at matches and he was a great man. He'd pick out a child eating an ice cream or uh, a couple of people... Uh, that he'd spot way up in the crowd and he'd get them to, to pose for a photograph. He was fantastic. And a yes, Jay That's it. And we move on now to uh, to the uh, results and fixtures. And I suppose we kick off with, uh, I, I suppose, a, a championship storm would be, I think, the, the best way to describe it on Friday night. In Lismore, for Scammon Gales, uh, for Scammon Gales and uh, Western Gales drew five points apiece. Uh, I, I, it was the worst conditions I've ever seen a football match played in. And really, while I'm not giving out about anybody, it should have been abandoned ten minutes into the second half. It was just, it was just unfair. It was unfair on the players. It was unfair on the subs, linesmen, managers. Uh, it was unfair on the spectators, unfair on everybody. It shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been completed, but it was. And I mean, you know, as well as that, speak from my capacity. But what I do is, uh, you know, it could have led because the conditions of the pitch uh, led to some serious injuries. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. But uh, I mean, the, where I'm coming from was that I mean, there was no possibility for any of them lads to play football on either team. I mean. Uh, it was four points to three at half time. There was only three points scored in the second half, and it was just impossible to play. They were splashing around in three or four inches of water. The entire field was covered. And by the way, when the game started, there was no rain. It wasn't raining, even though it was coming. Uh, and the rain started about 15 minutes into the match. But what fell in the second half, I don't think I've ever seen rain like it. And uh, fair play to both sides. Look at a draw was a fair result, and we move on. That's it. And look, you see, with the, with that draw in better conditions, it would have been <laughs> higher scoring. Yeah. One or other team could have won. So yeah. maybe you know that that could have an effect. Uh, well, it has affected the group. Yeah, it, mean, it means that every single team in the group can either go through or go out the next day. Which may, and it's the only group of the three where all teams are still left in the championship. And moving on to the next game then, Boyle 10 points, St. Folio's 8 points. A very close game there. Close game there, but uh, ruined by the wind. Very, very windy in Valley League. Uh, Boyle, just about the better team. Enda Smith and Derek Craig kicked a couple of nice points. And uh, Boyle had to win. Uh, if they lost, they were out. So uh, it keeps them in it. Folio's are still in it because they won the first day, so... That's it. And uh, then moving on to Parry Pierce's 2-16, Michael Glavie's 1-9. And, of course, this is a game that uh, Parry Pierce's did need to win. Well, they did, but they're a good side, Parry Pierce's. And we said it here a couple of weeks in a row, they're going to have a big say in where this championship goes this year. They have a very strong team. They're very impressive. Michael Glavie's are in trouble. Andy Lennon came back last week and kicked a few nice points. 
they're going to need him badly because they're going to be in a relegation battle. There's no doubt about that. But uh, watch out for Pierce's, that's what I'm saying. And uh, moving on then to the next one, obviously this one was always going to be a, a big win, but I, I thought, uh, you know, it's uh, 119 to 4 points to uh, St. Bridges. We thought Bridges would win it, but uh, this this wasn't a bad, isn't a bad um, uh, St. Dominic's side, but well, obviously not, it was but always they, going to be uh, They won uh, the match win. that they wanted to win the last day against Michael, Michael Clavis. That was a vital mm. win for them. I, I think one McCormack was missing there against St. Bridges. So, Bridges are the favourites for the championship and rightly so. And uh, moving on to uh, one of the uh, one of the more interesting matches, uh, last year's county county champions Strokestown are out after losing to uh, Oran one nineteen yeah. seven points. I was at it in Strokestown. Uh, Oran very good in the second half. Not much in it. Uh, Strokestown led by a point at half time, but would you believe it? Then he scored one point in the second half, and uh, they're the county champions. They were bet by twelve points by Clannagale and twelve points by Oran. So. Uh, they have a bit of a battle on their hands. They're playing Tulsk, uh, local derby, the next day. And the loser of that will fight for relegation. So that's, um, you know, a fair one. Because uh, Strokestown, as, as you know, are the champions. And uh, moving on then, I suppose, well, is there an error, was there an error of inevitability about this? I think there kind of was, in a way, in a way with all due respects to, uh, to Tulsk Lord Edwards. As in, uh, you know, they had a 3-14 to 1-8 win. I haven't. Uh, Clannagale uh, defeated uh, Tulsk fairly easily last Sunday. Uh, I haven't seen Clan playing in this championship yet. I intend to see them in the next round. But two or three people have said to me that Clannagale are worth watching. Yeah. Pat Fallon is getting a tune out of them and, uh, you know, good win for them. That's it. And of course, you know, they've some, uh, some Clan are always a, t- a club that has always have good players coming have, through. Yeah. Um, I suppose from their underage that, that you would see, I suppose, the play for the county, but also coming through uh, through the, the ranks in Clannagale. Any players that you, you feel uh, people should watch well, out for? Paddy Gavin had a great game last weekend, and of course he was on the under-20 team recently. Very good player. Fergus Lennon playing well. Uh, he's I've been impressed with him. Uh, of course, Kieran Lennon is a very good player. Mm. If get Alton Harney back, they'd give it a serious rattle. That's it. And um, next up, we in the intermediate championship. Then it's uh, Ira Og had a one twelve to one two win over Shannon Gales in shocking conditions on Friday night, and that's a very impressive win. Connor Cox scored seven points. Ira Og were in the final last year. They won't be far away this year. And uh, St Bridges uh, versus Kilmore. They St Bridges won eleven to two seven. Yeah, Kilmore came back well in that match. Kilmore struggling now, and. Uh, you know, they uh, could be involved in a relegation battle, which would be unusual for Kilmore, but uh, uh, Bridget's are always good value at this level. And uh, St. Crohn's obviously continue their winning run with a 10 points to to 1-6. A one-point win, but a just win nonetheless. Yeah, just a one-point win. They struggled against St. Aidan's. Fairness to Aidan's, they put it up to them. Uh, and Aidan's are in a bit of bother too, down at the bottom of the table. And uh, here's was. Another uh, game that I felt would would have been a very interesting one. Uh, Kilbride, we all would know their their achievements in the past, but yeah. the, the, this is twenty twenty three now. It's a different championship. Uh, you know, a huge win for Fiorty, three thirteen yeah. to seven points over Kilbride. Yeah, Fiorty are a very good side. Fiorty are going to have a major say in the intermediate championship, but it wouldn't take a genius to work that one out. Uh, and Kilbride will have a bit of a struggle now. Uh, they're down at the bottom of themselves, and Kilmore. It could end up playing for relegation. And uh, then moving on, and another team that has been doing well so far, 
is uh, Castries yes. and Kevins. They've uh, they continue their their win them on one eight to uh, six points win over Elfin. Yeah, and Elfin, of course, would be one of the teams who would be expecting to win uh, the intermediate championship. But Castlereagh beat them. Adam McDonald scored another goal for Castlereagh, and uh, Castlereagh are going well in fairness to them. But we'll mm. see what happens. They're going to be in the playoffs now, and uh, we'll see what happens when when they come to that uh, stage of their competition. That's going to be that's going to be very interesting for them and. Uh, yeah, not looking good for Craig's. Obviously, their second defeat. Uh, the last to well, no, it's a, it's a, yeah, three twelve, three twelve to one sixteen uh, loss to uh, Pierce's. Well, no, I believe that this was the best game played of club football played in Muscommon at the weekend. I believe it was an absolutely brilliant game. Imagine for Craig's, um, young Dowd, Ronan Dowd scored twelve points for Craig's, uh, which is an incredible performance. But he still ended up on the losing side, so. Uh, the two teams have to be commended for producing a brilliant game. Anyone that was at it said to me it was a fantastic game of football. So well done to both sides there. And in junior there, that uh, just just caught my eye as well. Uh, clan, clan come good against St. Joseph's. A good win for Clan over Joseph's in the junior championship. Yeah, St. Michael's still going well there. There's a number of teams. Uh, I see St. Ronan's defeated for Scammy Games as well. So a number of teams going well there in the junior. That's it. And uh, just to just just to go through the. Uh, the fixtures for this for this coming weekend and uh, this Friday and on the 25th the All-Ireland Masters Football Championship uh, they played semi-final in Kilmore Roscommon play Leitrim, Leitrim Longford at 7pm Yeah, that's uh, interesting uh, I've been at a few of the Masters matches over the last few years it's great fun the lads love playing it and uh, they're in the plate semi-final which I suppose you could say is the Division 2 semi-final uh, they're playing in Kilmore, so there'll be a good evening in it anyway. And of course, you know, you see at a club level, obviously, clubs amalgamating to, to yeah. survive, to be able to play in the championships and the leagues. Never seen it at a county level, but no. I suppose, uh, you, you know, I suppose with the population or the, the players available to them, it was the only practical thing to no, do for Longford yeah. and, and uh, Leitrim to combine. Absolutely, absolutely, Sam. It makes sense if they didn't have a team, sure, and as well have to try and join up with someone else. That's it. And uh, moving on to... G- Junior B football championship. Well, uh, the Junior B, no, I wouldn't be able to judge on the Junior B championship yeah. to be quite honest because I wouldn't know the teams. And then uh, this Sunday is the Senior Hurling Championship. It's getting to the business end, Seamus. And, uh, Very interesting now. Roscommon Gales play uh, Oren at 2pm in that league. And uh, that's going to be a very interesting one. And, Cheers. of course, Tremaine and Dominic. Two very good games. Yeah, this is the quarterfinals. It's many, many years since Roscommon Gales have been at, in a quarterfinal in the Senior Hurling uh, Championship. They're playing against Oran at 2 o'clock uh, and they'll be hoping to get to the semi-finals. When the teams met earlier in the championship, Roscommon Gales won by a point. Oran came back in the second half, but the Gales won. It's been a great year for the Gales. There won't be much between them. Uh, Oran would love to reverse that uh, uh, result from earlier in the year. They have a lot of injuries at the moment. I think that's going to be a good game. Roscommon Gales would hopefully, it'll be a an unbelievable year for Scamming Gales got into the semi-final but there won't be much in it that's it they're moving on to I suppose the story of the week really uh, on the national front uh, Jim McGuinness appointed the manager of the Donegal senior football team and he brings with him uh, what, what looks like it could be a very impressive management team well now that's a huge story for Donegal they couldn't have got, got on any better uh, than to reappoint Jim McGuinness for a PR point of view at least They've had a disastrous year. They fell out with their underage courses, coaches. Uh, Cassidy, uh, Kevin Cassidy uh, 
fell out with them there. Paddy Carr resigned. Aidan O'Rourke didn't want to continue. Uh, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, rowing going on there in Donegal this year. But this was, they needed something like this. Uh, and, uh, you know, apart from Jim McGuinness coming back, maybe Michael Murphy taking over or something like that would be the only thing that could match that. But Jimmy McGuinness, uh, but the only thing about it is expectations are going to be high now uh, because McGuinness is a very high-profile coach. But if if he can do half what he did when he was there before, the Donegal people will be very happy. And uh, all they want to do up there is to be, you know, competing for the Ulster Championship. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to do that. And I think the the good thing with him and uh, why it's a very good appointment is what he brings what he brings to a team psychologically. Um, you know, he, he he has a way with the players. He, he has a positive. Well, his fear's tough. Yeah, he, he's a disciplinarian. I mean, if the players aren't training hard, they'll be toughed out of the panels. As simple as that. So that whatever Donegal team takes the field, whether it be league or championship, they're going to be ready. And of course. You know, he, he has that experience now doing soccer coaching as well. And we, we've seen uh, like the style of play he kind of brought to the county scene when he, when he was with Donegal the last right. time. It's going to be interesting to see whether he brings something extra or something different this time. Well, he had special players the last time and he had Michael Murphy in particular. He has no Michael Murphy this time. But you never know, he might resurrect something. But I, I think when, when, you, when you compare the last panel he had to this panel... He had, a lot. A lot of players have left the the panel. In the right. meantime, obviously, some uh, some some other players have come in. But what what's your thoughts on the on the panel itself? Now, look, and it's a long time between now and uh, the start of the intercounty season, so he has a lot of time, and he'd be looking around the championship. But uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the good players that come in? He has good players in Donegal. He needs his leaders to stay. He needs uh, a couple of the McHughes and uh, Paddy McBrearty to stay and get them to help the younger players to come along. Uh, I'm not so sure about what's available underage, but uh, I'm sure, he'll, as you say, he'll troll the county, he'll go to the championship matches, and uh, he'll get a panel, he'll have a 25 ready to go for uh, the National League. And, of course, n- nothing but the, the best. Uh, he, he is one of those. He has a he has a bar set of what he expects yeah. the, from the players, and even the new players that come in, if they don't meet that, if they don't meet that bar... Then, then they're gone, and that's. The, I think that's the great thing about him is, you know, it, it's about uh, what's best yeah. for Donegal football. Absolutely. And moving on to um, an, another piece of news: Mayo's Jason Doherty retires from intercounty football. A big yeah. loss to, to uh, Mayo, Indeed. but they always have players to coming in, don't they? I will definitely have players. Jason Doherty would be not a superstar player, but he was a good player for Mayo over the years, ten or twelve years. He always came in and did a job for them, but he wouldn't be in the top echelon of players. And we wish him the best of luck. That's it. And uh, thanks very much, uh, Seamus, for t- taking the time to do out uh, to do a uh, view with us. And we look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you, Ed. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was uh, cool. Seamus Duke and myself to- talking, bringing you all things Gaelic in a J. Hello, everyone. How you doing? And you're very welcome to this interview about Clontarf Vikings Futsal Club. And uh, to join me and to tell me all about his experience and the club, we have Drezan. Hello, Drezan. How are you? Are you well? Hello, Aidan. Hello, everyone. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity uh, and thank you for your time. Uh, I'm really happy to to be a part of this. 
and it's great to have you on board. And it's it's actually um, it's actually a sport that I, I haven't had an opportunity to cover uh, on my show Friday Sports. So uh, th- this is a new thing as well. So uh, hopefully it can be a, a regular thing and something that people can look forward to. Um, because I suppose it, it the, the the popularity in futsal has expanded. But we'll we'll actually uh, we'll actually be covering that later on in the. Uh, in the uh, in the discussion as well, so uh, yes, we'll we'll carry on with. So we'll start off with a, a bit about yourself and uh, a background on yourself and how you got involved with Contar with Contar Vikings. Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, the story actually started quite uh, a few years back, so maybe five six years ago. Uh, and I'm I'm from Croatia, and I moved here in Dublin eight years ago. Uh, so uh, t- to wrap up everything in a short story, um, I meet those guys basically just playing fun match and, and fun practice uh, games on Thursdays, and it was out of my my usual sports schedule. So, but the Clonter Vikings clubs was previously uh, started with uh, Sinisha Sikar. Uh, probably it should be familiar familiar name because at the moment he is a current head coach for uh, Blue Magic, which is uh, representing our uh, league of Ireland in, in the championship league now at the moment. By this way, I really wish them uh, good luck and, and all the best for a competition in a group stage. But uh, basically, uh, how everything turned to Klontarf Vikings is uh, Sinisha started the club and then the, the club was competing in Ireland uh, uh, Futsal League. And but as we always know, something happened with, with the players, with the team. Some players needs to leave. Some players went to their own works. So, and so the club was basically put on hold or, or a pause. And then three years back, uh, Emir, uh, decide to revive that kind of idea to, to go back to the futsal. And this is how our club actually started, uh, two years ago. So we did one season, uh, uh, last year, then it was a kickoff for everyone of us. It was kind of a, a new, new step, new experience. Uh, a lot of players that actually joined the club uh, never played futsal. We are coming from the eleven aside uh, football background, so it was a blend of everything. Our kind of politic of the club was to keep uh, players for the Balkan region because we were limited about sponsors and everything. What we need to do. We did it on our own. So now what we are trying is to promote ourselves and, and roll, roll this story on a bit more serious level. Uh, so basically that's kind of, if I, if I go more in details, we could probably talk about the <laughs> uh, next half an hour, but I'll try to keep it short as, as it possible could be. No problem, that's it. And I suppose, is futsal um, a sport you would have played back home in, in, in Croatia? And uh, like, you know, have you been playing it since, since you were young? Yes, definitely. Football is a big thing uh, for us, and I, I cannot uh, avoid using this opportunity to to mention how proud I am about uh, Croatia nation and everything what they did in in World Cups. Uh, it, it's like we are such a small nation with such a big uh, passion and 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 everything what connects us. It's just amazing, and so I need to say that I'm really proud uh, about being uh, Croatian and how how big football is for us. So, of course, 
uh, we're bringing that those things from the background from early ages. Basically, when we start walking, you're having a ball beside your foot and you're always pushing it somewhere. So definitely a big, big thing in Croatia. Big thing, big That's focus. It. And I suppose, really, with futsal, it is a, a lot of people might say, you know, it's just indoor football or whatever. But it's not. It's much more. It's much more than that. Because, like, I've been involved as a physio with a few teams now. Well, with the Ireland Senior Six Side Squad, and also with the Diabetic Futsal Squad, the Ireland uh, Futsal Squad as well. So I got a, and uh, indeed Sparta Belfast, who you, who you might have played against. Uh, the tra- we travelled to. Um, we, we travelled to Estonia for the European for the UEFA Futsal Champions League preliminary round tournament in, in uh, Estonia, which was a great experience as well, and the top level referees and the facilities. But what people may may, may or may not realise, it is a very good stepping stone into the eleven aside. In that you know, because because of the nature of futsal, you, you have very limited space, and it's. Uh, exactly. You know, like it's it's very good for your for close control and, and many other things that you can actually bring into the eleven side game and other codes of the sport. Can you tell us a bit about that and what you think? Yes, yes, sure. Uh, so I know how it goes because I was the one of uh, the players who actually experienced that by playing uh, professionally eleven aside and then joined futsal. And I thought like football is football. If 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 you manage to play football, it should be. Same with, with, with futsal, but it's completely different world. Uh, even when you start breaking down the actions or, or movements in futsal and in, in, in eleven aside, it's completely different. It's a bit kind of a, a different asking from your body. It's more intense. It's more short bursts. Uh, you need to be aware about the space. And, and it's, as you said already, it's quite limited. You are, you have quite limited space. And uh, especially, like, futsal will be more uh, tactical approach, how to move, where to go. You think that it's, it, it, I, I mean, like, it looks easy when you're watching on a TV or when you're watching some live games. And when those players do something, it looks quite easy. So you just basically need to be there and run. But when you try it on your own, you're, you're practically realizing how hard it is, how intense it is, and it's much more just than running and, and, and being present there. It's tactic. It's the team knowing each other, uh, ex- knowing to what to expect from each player in a team. So one of the things that we are now dealing with is we, we brought in few players and uh, everyone expect now when we have uh, good quality players in, it will be better. It will be different. But now that there's a, a big thing that needs to happen and it's team cohesion. We know each other, we know what to expect from each other, and this is about to happen. So it's still like uh, a few things waiting for us to work on, apart just getting players in. And of course, it's the speed of it as well. Uh, you know, you, you have very little time. You have very little time on the ball, and even with uh, from from a goalkeeper's point of view, he's a fly keeper. He comes out as well. But also, when he has the gate, when he has the ball, we say if it goes wide or whatever, um, he only has a certain amount of time before he has to before he has to uh, throw the ball out or or um, yeah, hit, kick the ball out and things like that. It's very quick. There's no mess, and it's kind of yeah. the same as outdoor as as a Eleven aside, in that um, you, you know it, it is fast, and you have to you have to be good on your feet. But uh, instead of a throw in, it's actually you put the ball down on the ground and you pass it. So it is it is very good for um, 
development of, of a player from starting off. And of course, there's a lot of people that that actually continue throughout that throughout uh, their career or whatever, just to um, to do futsal as well, which is great, and it's it's versatile for all abilities as well. True. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, are different from futsal and from eleven aside, it's probably the weather opportunities that are not so great in Ireland. Mm. So for, with with futsal, you'll be more uh, based indoor in halls, where uh, uh, basically in, in eleven aside you'll be outside and probably dealing with beautiful weather that we are having here in Ireland from time to time. But yeah, so uh, as I said, uh, apart the the difference in between the pitch itself, uh, the surface of the pitch, uh, there's definitely rules that actually make the game to be much faster with much more intensity. So you have flying uh, substitutions. Goalkeeper can participate in a game if he's in in the other side of the pitch so he can be actively playing. So definitely a fun game. And and it it was also new for me to step into this kind of futsal world and knowing the rules and knowing the movements because as I mentioned already, half of our team are players that played 11 aside. So it was quite a bit of change for everyone of us. And of course, as well, it, you know, you make great friends from it. It's the social aspect of it as well. And, uh, you know, just touching on, like, like we were saying, we we're going to discuss, um, I suppose, the popularity of the sport in Ireland and how it's grown. I mean, there's, uh, there's a league now in the Midlands in Athlone. You know, it's huge in Dublin, huge up up in Northern Ireland as well. As I said, uh, Sparta Belfast, I was with them. Very good squad, very good uh, players. Very good coaching as well, it has to be said. The quality of coaching around Ireland and indeed internationally, I suppose that that's that's the key. Not only, you know, uh, for kids when they're coming through the ranks play, playing futsal, but it's also key as, you know, when you're playing whatever level you're playing at, at, at adult level as well. Definitely. So the the coaching level is is increasing, and I, in my own opinion, it's really important because this is where everything is starting. Uh, if you're having uh, good quality coaches, if you're having someone to guide you properly, to show you what you need to do to motivate you, which is probably one of the most important things to be motivated to do any kind of sport. It doesn't need to be futsal. It can be something else. But those kind of people, those coaches, they are the the, the starting spark that actually igniting you to to move you to do it here to do the training some training sessions are not easy they're really intense they're really hard it doesn't make you feel good and happy but it has to be done so you need to have people who are going to show you and put you through that kind of process with with the proper uh, desire with the motivation and especially the quality comes on top when you have a training session that makes you like thinking oh when is the next training session i really want to go to it so this is definitely important. So as you're saying, the quality of the, the coaching level is improving and I cannot use this opportunity to, to not say something about Emre Mustic. He is our head coach. Uh, I don't know, like he, he is top quality guy, uh, not only from the football aspect, the, the level that he carries, like his character, his winning um, mindset. It's something that the Quantar Vikings really need and I, and I cannot be happier uh, to have him as a head coach and someone who started all the, this uh, the story about the Clontarf Vikings as well. That's it, and of course, uh, you know, just to just to give us a bit of a, a bit about um, a bit about Amir, as as, as I was tell, saying off air there, uh, I know um, 
I know I'm here for uh, for a good few years. I was uh, the physio of the Ireland senior six side squad. We went to we represented Ireland in the uh, in the the mini futsal the European mini futsal championships in uh, in Kiev, which was a great experience. And uh, of course, I knew Amir before that because we were preparing for six months leading up to it. And uh, you know, just talking yeah. to him, a, a lovely guy, like you said, but also you know he, he's a good leader as well. Like you know, he he. Um, when he speaks, people listen to him. It's the way he comes across. But also, exactly. he, he has the experience. He's been playing futsal, and he's come into the exactly. six-side game. And, uh, you know, that that was huge. Of course, he has. he's used to playing in big games. When he, like he played for St. Pat's in... Um, in uh, in the League of Ireland as well, and of course he's from uh, he's from Bosnia as well. So he has he has a huge international, uh, I suppose, kind of experience as well. But uh, you know, thing, things like going to European champion, championships and things like that, and indeed, you know, now there is in futsal that there is the um, the UEFA Futsal Champions League and the preliminary round and things like that, depending on whether it's professional or or junior. And uh, you know that that these are all great opportunities, aren't they? Definitely, definitely, and it's something that that uh, sooner or later will leave a mark. One once uh, at some stage when you turn around and you when you see what you did uh, and what kind of things you get through in your sport life. This is this is what everyone is uh, uh, happy to have a kind of uh, sport background. Especially, it's a, a really big thing when you are when you are representing the nation. I was I wasn't lucky to be on that level, but I know Emir did it uh, with uh, with Six Aside Ireland national team, and now he he's been uh, recently selected as a head coach as well. They did a competition in Croatia. They did really good, and it's I think it's a, a new World Cup competition about to come now, and there uh, he's preparing the squad and the team. So I wish him really uh, all the best uh, to perform and to get the good results. Uh, but definitely, uh, he's really, uh, really a specific type of a character. As you said, people listen to him and he's having that kind of, uh, winning mentality in the head, which is important for the team to, to put us in the right place where we want to be. And this is exactly what we are trying to do now, promote our club, uh, uh have a good kind of, uh, overview of what we are doing, what we are representing, what's our goal. And to do that, you need to have people who are going to be, uh, dedicated to a purpose, and this is exactly what we are trying now. And like I, I've, I've dealt with him, like when he was injured and leading up to the the tournament, and and that, and also like when we were over there, and like he listens, yeah, but he's great at encouraging the people around him. You know, if someone isn't performing well, he'll encourage them. But he'll also have a word with them if they're not performing well and they need to improve or they need to step up. But it's the way he does it as well. And uh, I, I think that's that, that's obviously what it, what he brings to uh, Clontarf Vikings as well. But also the reason why he was picked as the coach of the uh, the Ireland national team, and uh, you know, he was he's a, he makes a good captain and things like that. So uh, I, I think. Uh, so can you tell us a bit about like what what he has done for ye as players and for the club in general? How how he carries himself because he like you said he's a he's a great guy. Yeah. So uh, it was quite a challenge actually, to be honest. Uh, when we rewind this kind of uh, Clontarf Vikings part two story, because uh, when when the club was put on hold, there was still a few uh, players that played uh, in era of Sinisha Sikar when he was a coach, 
And those players remain active still. And then when we, when Emir came back with the idea to, to start again, Klontar Vikings, we have kind of a base of those players who already played futsal, who already have like uh, experience playing, uh, 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 Ireland Premier League, futsal league. So what we did then, we add up a few more players that joined the club. And the first season was quite tough for us because as I said already, we didn't have too much, too many things organized. So it was everything on us. So imagine now if you put my, if you, if I put myself in, uh, in a position where I want to ask someone to come in to play for our club, for our team, the same thing will be for Emir asking players to come in and you are straight away uh, saying to them, but look, you need to pay this, you need to pay that because yeah. we are still in a situation that we don't have funding. So it was a bit challenging for us, but we did the league uh, successfully and our goal was just to, to, to get that first experience to 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 do it and then later on uh probably build it up and and make it more uh uh serious make push it to the to the more serious level and emir did that with uh, organizing uh, a really nice strong bunch of the people uh it's really nice team now we have few players coming in uh from from different teams that already played the the last season and it's getting better. It's becoming now more international. We were based more on Balkan people. Uh, so our communication was based on, on, on Croatian, uh, language. And then everything now turning around. We have more international players joining in. So we are faced, faced and based on English. So definitely it's improving. So we need to put the word out. We need to promote ourselves a bit, uh, to, to make people aware. What futsal is? Futsal is is uh, about to to raise as well. Uh, I hope that uh, Blue Magic is going to do good result as well because it's it's our direct promotion as well. But yeah, that's kind of where we are trying to 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 move to. And of course, uh, just to tell us a bit about the squad and the players involved in the squad, and uh, maybe you know you know the the training that's involved because it's not all about just turning up on the day and playing a game. Uh, you, yes, you know, of the, course. the yeah. intensity and the training and the, I suppose it is fitness is a huge thing in this. But even though there is there is roll on and roll off subs. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we are training two times a week, and then uh, we are playing a game as well either in the mid, mid of the week or the weekends, but we are aiming toward having that three kind of uh, activities throughout the week. And as you said already, so futsal is super intensive. So the, the, the type of the training that needs to get you ready for this needs to be intensive as well. Either it's just a, a, like a, a play or it's a, at the moment we are in the preseason, so we are more focusing on fitness and getting, getting that uh, desirable stamina level because there's one thing in futsal that is golden rule. If you cannot last, you cannot perform. Uh, that, that's, that's what I'm getting it from my own experience in the last two seasons. You need to be really fit if you want to play this, this sport. Uh, so what we are trying to focus now in the preseason is get that fitness level uh, uh, done properly. And then we are going to build up with some tactical and technical uh, options. And how do you feel uh, pre-season is going? Because you you know that pre-season is a, a very short time span, but it is key to the full season because it is quite a it, it is a, yeah, a long basically, season. 
Exactly. So it's uh, whenever you're building a house, you need the foundations, right? So this is what we are trying to establish now, create a solid foundations so we can do some serious work later on when we when we dive deeper in the season. But as I said, so preseason is key. Players need to come with a certain level of fitness uh, so we can be able to build up on top of that. Uh, I'm not worried about the training session. It's going to be uh, it's the, the, the coach uh, job. I'm, not, I, I'm sure that it's going to be uh, really, really good organized and it's going to be good quality. But it's also what we need to do from our side, from the player side. We need to show up. We need to turn. It's 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 hard if you don't if you're not having entire squad at disposal. So we need to to make sure to be there. Sometimes it could be hard because we are still having our jobs, which is our primary uh, primary focus in in our lives. So we are playing futsal and doing this because we love it. We we enjoy to be uh, in 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 sport and of course. There is something else that I didn't mention before. Third halftime, it's it's really popular for for the Balkan people, and I'm seeing it. I played some some uh, eleven aside season for Saint Patrick's CI, so I know that Irish people are also caring about the third halftime. So it's 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 nice to 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 be a uh, part of everything, and it's it's good. That's it, and like, I suppose really the cornerstone of being successful in futsal across the league is the approach the philosophy and uh, I suppose the style of of play that the uh, the players adapt but also that comes from the manager so uh, from from Amir's uh, from Amir's point of view and his approach um, with the players you have do you find the style that he that he has or the style of play that you use on match days do you feel that that that's 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 a good style of play and just tell us a bit about the uh, the style of play that you use well there there is no there is no particular start of the play uh, uh when when you are having matches when you're doing league you try to adapt to to what you have in your own team, and you try to adapt to what you are playing against, uh, basically your opponent. So some some uh, uh, approachable styles will not be same, will not be the same if you are playing, for example, Blue Magic because they're a really great team. So they're a team that makes you that they press high and makes you to to most most of the match defending. So you, you are more like defending, organizing how to do those blocks. How to particularly uh, defend each part of the game, but if you're playing with something that allows you to press them high, Emir will set up us like that. So he likes us to, if our fitness is allowing, he likes us to go and attack higher. So, but this is really demanding uh, physically. So you need to be aware that you need to be able to perform that kind of uh, strategy. But it's it's always mixing. It's not that we are doing that all the time. It's I think that futsal is so uh, intense game that everything could change in, in just a few mm. few seconds during the game. So it's definitely mixing and changing strategies and approaches how the game goes on or uh, if, if he scouted the the, the the opponent team. So we, we are trying to to adjust towards that. And that's where Amir's experience comes in because, I mean, it's about, you know, doing this is one thing, but, uh, you know, being able to spot when you have to do it. You know, Amir has that talent that he can spot, right? This is what we need to do at this. Not only say what we need to do, but doing it at the right time. Exactly. So coaching is not only uh, 
looking at the players, how they run on a pitch. It comes with a lot of experience. Uh, and especially when you're having a big background uh, and you're an experienced player, you are trying to to channelize that kind of experience in the coaching. But again, coaching is different than being a player and playing uh, playing a game. That experience will definitely help, but it's it's definitely different. It's different when you when you have uh, players that are inside. Someone will be with a hot head. Someone will be with problems from the home. Someone will be extremely happy. So you need to find a nice uh, golden middle to 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 have that kind of a balance in a team. You need to have authority at the team, and you need to be a friend in the same time. So finding that balance is the key point for for all the coaches. So I believe that Emery is doing that really great at the moment, and that's why we are happy to have him. And uh, looking at futsal, like like I was saying there, uh, you know h- how much it has grown in Ireland. Um, I suppose we start off more specifically with Dublin because it is there are a lot of a lot of clubs in Dublin, but also a team yeah. and an, another to another guy that I, I have experience with. Uh, you, you might know him as well. Um, are Sparta Belfast? You may have played them in friendlies, or may, maybe played them in. Uh, in important games, but uh, one man that I've experienced with, and another, I think he's very, he'd be very similar to uh, Amir, and in, in that sense, will be Dario. He was, he was the coach when I was involved. Uh, obviously, he's gone on to, he, he formed another club called Newry, uh, Newry City Futsal Club. He's involved there. But, uh, you know, like when I was with him for the week, when I was with the team for the week, you know, there was meetings. Everything was everything was planned out from the time he got up in the morning to you know to training at this time. And I, I'd, I'd say like Amir will be kind of similar to that. But you know, Dario Dario is very professional as is as is um, Amir, and I suppose that's the way you have to go. You know, be be structured and and that, and do do the right things at the right time, and kind of be professional to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. So, as a part of our preseason, we actually did a friendly game against Dario's team, and I, I can say that Dario is really professional as well. Uh, so, sorting the, the 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 team, it's a completely new team because we played last season preseason games against them, and now this season it's an entirely new team. Uh, we lost the game 4-3 uh, to to Newry United, but the the game was really good, really good team. We're about to reschedule schedule the rematch, so we'll be playing against them one more time, and I'm really looking forward to for that rematch. Really good team, and Dario is keeping that on a really good level as well. Yeah, and I think they they also qualified. Uh, Sparta Belfast just to say, uh, Sparta Belfast have qualified for the UEFA Futsal Preliminary Round Tournament again uh, this season as well. I think they're preparing for that, so it's a very successful. And uh, like you know, I was with them for a week, like I said, and they're a great group of lads. As are as are um, Clontarf Vikings as well. I'm sure. Um, you know, they're just a uh, very friendly and very helpful and very respectful. It's it's just lovely to. Par- but I, I think that's. The the nature of, of futsal as well that you, you feel comfortable in the environment and everything is is well sorted but also just uh, just before we, we head as well for, for this one is um, the popularity it is it is getting more popular around Ireland as well and uh, you know it's good to see that there's different uh, there's leagues popping up all over the country and it's going to get it's only going to get bigger and bigger yeah yeah the, so actually the the whole story about football is promoting this mm-hmm. and basically trying to 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 show our kids uh, what is the proper way to go, how to do it, 
why to do it because just taking my own example uh, being in in this football uh, makes me meet a lot of really wonderful people um so you're making friends in different regions in different clubs uh it's it's easy to connect so basically football was always a sport that connects people and and it grows like that so this is also one of the reasons why futsal needs to be promoted why we need to show what that actually is how can that affect to our children what will what they will get out from it so it's another way of when you're learning that kind of competitive approach when you're having uh things like this dealing with the winning or losing it's also shaping you as a character so that's important as well just to 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 bring that uh, and promote that kind of uh, uh sport just just to be aware what can actually sport gives you i know because i was doing sport entire life and and everything what i manage i manage through through football uh so it's just it's important it's it it should be more emphasized more promoted people should be able to hear about it and uh, i believe that what we are doing even in this bare moment it's it's going to to push uh, something up at least a bit and i suppose another way around this would, would be to 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 get it out there would be maybe to I suppose go through the school system as well, like you know they do it in rugby, they do it in soccer, they do it in Gaelic football and hurling. Uh, that's the time to hit them, maybe even 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 at national school level or primary school level, into secondary school and into university. That's what, you know get get them young and and uh, that's when that that's the best time for them to d- develop their skills and then they'll they they'll be fully developed as they go through the grades as well and that that's a great way of promoting the sport is is in schools and then it, it i suppose it goes from there organically doesn't it yes yes that will be actually the best time because your 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 body is going through some certain biomechanical changes and cognitive changes when you're able to think differently you're getting at some certain level when you're you could say okay this is going to be my professional cause so i'm going to to focus on that i'm going to invest more time and give my best to 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 become let's say professional at some level yeah, yeah. but it, definitely it 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 will be really nice to start it in a school level uh, uh particularly high school when you're already be shaped in some kind of a way and then you need to pick a path i know there is majority of options there is right really wide variety of sports that you could participate as you said already from GAA from rugby from hurling from i think that the 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 european type of the sports are a bit less focused uh in in the school system because i was doing the school uh, uh teaching in a school in ireland as well so i'm a bit aware how how the infrastructure and how the system goes from inside so we, even putting more uh, focus on football uh, investing in the clubs uh it it wouldn't be bad so it, it those are the things that only can uh improve uh, the overall quality of football futsal whatever it is that's it and of course that that's that's where it happens from there and it's 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 a good way of marketing it so listen Drazan thanks very Drazan thanks very much for taking the time out to do an interview and uh, the interview with us and we look forward to talking to you again soon and doing another interview to uh, where you can give us an update on, on how uh, Clontar Vikings are doing yeah definitely thank you for your time and then uh, I really um, I'm happy to be a part of this. No problem. Thanks, Thanks very much. And uh, that was Drezan. Thank you.
from uh, from Clontarf um, Vikings t- telling us all about the club. Hello everyone, how are you doing? And you're very welcome to this week's uh, World Cup, World Rugby World, the Rugby World Cup um, preview with myself, Aidan Rafty. And of course, as always, the legend that is um, Peter Bracken. Hello Peter, how are you? Good Aidan, good form, thank you. That's the stuff Peter is, uh, Peter is mobile at the moment. So uh, now you see, and people say men can't multitask. But uh, <laughs> how have you been? Uh, yeah, so I suppose just um, start off by looking back at the um, the the match against England. A great performance. Um, you know, it was good to see some of the familiar faces back. Uh, Crowley got another, got more game time under his belt. Um, Keith Earls getting his uh, his one hundredth uh, cap and scoring a try against England. So what a way, what a way, getting a win against the old enemy, as I say, and uh, scoring scoring a hundred, getting your hundredth cap and topping it off with a with a um, with a, a try. You couldn't get much better than that. Than that. Oh, it was brilliant, Aidan. Ah, uh, the brilliant uh, performance. Uh, they performed very very well. So. They're going into the World Cup nicely now, uh, thankfully. So I think they're, they're the best shape they've ever been going into a World Cup. So it's it's looking great. And uh, yeah, it was, it was mighty to see Keith Earl just, uh, doing a big dive into the corner uh, in his 100 cap to score a try. I uh, took it brilliantly. So like for a man who's mid-30s, he looked like a teenager. The way he jumped in there, so he still got it. So a bit like a bit like yourself, Peter. You never lose it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I did one <laughs> one major dive uh, for a try in my lifetime uh, playing for Wasps in Adams Park, and the lads. After the game, reckoned there was a tremor recorded in High Wycombe. So yeah. I I don't know. It could have been and right. After after that, it became known as Wycombe Valley. I <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but yeah, it was a brilliant all-round performance, I suppose. But was there any uh, any of the new guys? Because some some lads came on as well. Uh, it was good to see the old, uh, the 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 usual heads in there as well. Um, any players stand out for you? I think Crowley play, had another good game when he came on as well, and uh, Ross Byrne obviously, and uh, and that. And of course, we'd be looking forward to getting. Uh, Getting Johnny Sexton back out again uh, for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Crowley and Byrne uh, did play well. It was good to see Ross Byrne getting good game time. You know, um, he's been a little overshadowed, like you know, in the last, in the build up to this. But you know, he did, and Crowley's been going well. But no, it was good. It was good to see him um, out there and and playing well and. Uh, yeah, all the, the usual names uh, performed too. You know, the, that first try, really, when um, uh, O'Mahony, you know, got a gap through and gave it on to Bundy. And, you know, so, like, a lot of the, the more established players are playing well as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's getting exciting now, Aidan. That's it. And I suppose with Crowley, I don't want to keep banging on about him and all that. But, you know, the, the one good thing about him is he's a good player. He's been playing very well, but he also has youth on his side as well. Oh, he has. He has. Yeah. Look, he'll have he'll have a couple of World Cups in him, I think. You know, if he doesn't make this one, he'll definitely make 
the next one or, or a few maybe in the future so you know again he'll he'll want to get on the plane as they say um but um you know he's he's done he's done very well and he's put his put his mark down so you know uh let's see what Eddie Farrell picks you know could go anyway you know yeah. Farley played well there at 10 uh the game before so you'd never know that's it, and I suppose really, you, you know, most of the other teams have their their squads registered now at this stage. You know, it's it's, it's what, what's the story with Ireland like? Is there because I don't think there's anyone uh, that has to come back from injury. I think there might be one player actually. One one of the lads is injured, isn't he? Um, for the for Ireland, but well, yeah. it might be back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're waiting to see whether he gets. Um, he picked up an injury like in the England game, and he's he's a brilliant player. You know, he's a world class hooker. So we'll we'll um, you know it, it'll be a shame if he can't make it for him as yeah. well as, as the team itself. But um, I think there's an absolute deadline, and Ireland are probably waiting till the absolute deadline to make sure. Yeah, uh, course, I think it's 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 intelligent as well because they've another game, they've another uh, warm up game to go against Samoa, so. You know, who knows who will pick up or who will pick up an injury or not or who will perform, or not, you know. So um, I don't think it's any harm leaving it at the last minute. Yeah, that's it. And I suppose it's kind of done at times as well. But I suppose for Jack Sheehan as well, like, you know, if he is on that plane and in the starting 15 come the World Cup against uh, uh, the first game, I think it's Romania. Uh, you know, what does he, what does he bring... Uh, to the table, and obviously the other way around. Then you, you know if they do, if he's not if he's injured mm-hmm. and he he can't uh, he can't fly to the World Cup um, because you know in, in the games that he's played in so far he's been really a, a vital cog in the Ireland team. He's been playing really well. He has, he has, yeah. He's um, a very explosive uh, type player. You know, he he plays. It gets a lot. Gets on the ball a lot. There's a lot of carries, uh, makes a lot of yards. He's he's an explosive player, you know. And uh, but yeah, there's there's other good guys there that are solid too. So uh, we're not stuck for good front row players at the moment in Ireland. So you know, um, any anyone if he doesn't make it, there's there's good players to fill in. So I, I wouldn't worry too much. No matter what squad goes, um, it's the best squad Ireland ever had uh, preparation-wise, you know, and, and it's the first Irish squad that it seems to be peaking for the World Cup. So, um, you know, if he makes it, great. If he doesn't, uh, there's there's lads there that'll do the job too. That's it, and that, that, that's a great way to be going into a World Cup and that. But I suppose really looking at the game overall as well, uh, you know, usually, usually, as you said there on last week's uh, Interview. There's no, there's no such a thing as a friendly game between these two teams. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that maybe England might have a bit. Obviously, Owen Farrell was suspended, um, and there's actually talks talks of him that he might be actually banned. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and it'd be the first time he would get a proper ban for for those high shoulder charges that he's renowned for. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's gotten away with those. Uh, about four or five of them, major ones, during, through his career. So I think there's a quite a f- bit of pressure yeah. from the public um, to give him some sort of, uh, give him a ban to 
to stop it because he just keeps repeating it. And I suppose until you get, if, if you never get um, any kind of comeuppance for what you for your actions, you'll you'll keep doing it. So they don't want that to happen in the World Cup and have to ban him in the World Cup. So maybe to give him a match or two, and he'll still make the squad and maybe miss first or second. Uh, I, I think it's looking like he did get, he might get a ban and definitely miss England's first game against Argentina. But, yeah. you know, um, he'll probably be back after that. So yeah, look, he, he deserves at least one, um, game. And like when you go in shoulder charging there, you can break a person's jaw mm. or do some serious damage for, for no reason. And, you know, um, you know, even if he gets a ban, you know, he missed a couple of games. Mm-hmm. But that, that player's out for a year, can't eat, you know. Uh, drinking, you know, eating, eating through a straw, you know. So that's um, that's unwarranted. And that's why there's tackle rules, you know. And, and World Rugby are, have been very much changing the rules in the tackle. And at amateur level now... Um, There'll be no high tackles tolerated, you know, and they're trying to get people to tackle lower for for safety reasons. So, you know, um, he deserves a ban. Giving him a, giving him a ban too will be a warning to other players that maybe play the game on the edge as well. That maybe look at you, you might have got away with it in the past, but this is what will happen if you try if you try it. Like so, it's in a way it's sending out a warning to other players that 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 kind of play that way as well, playing play on the edge. Exactly, and you know, no, everyone likes good tacklers and playing with them, and you don't particularly like playing against them, you know. But if it, they're fair, no, no one's worried about. If you go in and and you know, re smash a guy in a fair tackle, no one has any qualms with that. But if you do it uh, a bad, nasty kind of stroke, well, then that's um, that's different. So yeah, um, it'll it might quieten them, but then. I think I've had this discussion with you the last time, two or three years ago, that he might learn, but he doesn't seem to. He might be just one of those lads that just doesn't doesn't seem to want to learn. It's it's, it's like that quote on the Patriots. He should, you know, it'd be good to see him playing and and tackling fairly because he's a very, very good player, you know. So um, it'd be good to see him in the World Cup. Yeah, it's kind of like that quote on the Patriot where Mel Gibson said he he had long feared that his sins from the past would come back to revisit him, and it's it's looking like that's the case for 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 him. But you see, Owen Farrell though, he is a brilliant player, but he can also be a worse player. As in, like you know, some some players are brilliant, but they get they can have one flash of or one stu- moment of stupidity that can cost not just him but the whole team. And and all the the plans and going the chances of going getting to a World Cup final or whatever uh, go out the door. But look at that that sport. That's uh, he has to have a quiet word with himself while he's been suspended, I suppose, and and kind of try to eradicate. But maybe if he takes some of those things out of his game, he's not the same player. But <laughs> he needs to tone it down a bit, like you said. Exactly, Aiden. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. And I suppose, uh, but uh, like the, the, there was two. 
Hello and you're very welcome back to Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Rafferty and the show's is always kindly sponsored by uh, Best Drive here in Roscommon Town. Unfortunately, sorry I had to cut that uh, that uh, interview short, but you can listen to the full version of that interview on uh, Spotify and also on uh, Mixcloud as well. Just look under uh, Ross FM Sport on Mixcloud and also on uh, Aidan Rafferty on uh, Spotify and you'll be able to listen to the full uh, the full interview. So uh, listen, thanks very much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed all that we had on the show for you this evening. And if you're going to any uh, matches or any sporting events over the weekend, have a good time. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Till then, bye.